Now, my producer, Jane, by the way, prides herself at this time of the night in getting people from all over the world with very interesting stories, inspiring stories, weird stories, wonderful stories, and all sorts of things. But this has to be one of the more unusual ones, and I'm actually so intrigued. Meow. I was going, Jane said to me at the start of it now, when you do some animal impressions, meow, woof, woof. Jane, is that okay? That was a cow. That was a cow, Jane. Okay, all right. I know it's a moo. Ever wondered what your pet is trying to tell you? Well, you need wonder no more. There's an expert for that. There's an expert for everything nowadays. There really is. Laura Stinchfield, also known as the pet psychic, is an internationally renowned pet psychic and people medium. Yes, you heard that right. We had Grania on with the tarot cards for all you lovely, uh, lonely lovers there last week uh, for Valentine's Day. Now we have a pet psychic for all your pouty pets. For decades, Laura has studied animal behavior, training, animal communication, mediumship, death and dying, and the afterlife, reincarnation, personal growth, mediation, and consciousness. And Laura is the voice for anyone who cannot speak for themselves. And that includes pets. And she joins me now. Laura, hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. You're so well. I, I'm just intrigued. I mean, whatever I believe about psychics with people, psychics with pets, I, I, I can't envisage a little dog, you know, wanting to know his future or us wanting to even know. Because here's the thing. I was watching a documentary a while ago about animals and, you know, the scientists who are not always right, by the way. And they say that dogs don't understand us. They just understand sounds. So when you say when you say walk, they know that means a lead goes on them and they get brought out. When you say, do you want your dinner? They understand the sound, but not the actual context, right? You're going to disagree with that, Laura, aren't you? Like 100%. Do you agree with that? No, I've had dogs and I really believe they understand me. <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> of course they understand you of course yeah anytime that we talk to them they understand us so mm. what they do is they pick up like our thoughts and our feelings and the images in our minds and they actually do that quite easily so the more we're bonded to our pet the easier it is for them to understand us yeah they can pick up our so, emotions because they know when we're sad they because you know, you know you know when you're in a bad mood and you're sitting on the sofa and yeah. maybe you're feeling a bit down and the dog will come up and he'll nuzzle his nose into you. You know, they, they kind of yeah. they kind of pick up on your emotions, don't they? Yeah, 100%. And then also, like, let's say you're going through a bad breakup or something and you're ruminating about that that person, the, the woman or that man. They'll pick up those thoughts and feelings because you're kind of picturing that person over and over again. So they know not only that you're upset but they know they understand who you're upset with mm. so yeah. so laura do people hire you to, to kind of read their dog's thoughts or, or or how does that work or do you go to people's houses do I, they hire you exactly I mean, yeah so now nowadays i do everything on the phone so my website is the petpsychic.com okay and i work with people all over all over the world and yeah it's like we some people send me in a picture and they ask some questions. And then when I'm talking to them on the phone or Zoom or Skype, we go back and forth with the animal. So they ask me a question to ask the animal and then I ask the animal and then go back to the people and relay the message. And people ask me all sorts of things, you know, like 
death and dying, like, is my animal ready to go? Or talking to animals who have passed away. Or, like, is my animal in pain? Or, like, how how are they feeling? What is their pain level? Or or even fun things, like, we're about to head out on a on a big road trip, and I just want to tell my animal, like, what that what that looks like. Yeah, or when so we or when we be back. Yeah. <laughs> or when we're coming back in case yeah. you're not bringing the animal with you. <laughs> and it, yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. And one of the strangest, I mean, yeah. is it is like, not just dogs, obviously, cats, cows. What's the strangest animals yeah. you've been asked to be psychic for? Well, I've done snakes, I've done elephants, I've done dolphins, tortoises. Rabbits, like pretty much you name it. Monkeys, yeah. It's a really interesting job you have, Laura. And how did you? I know it's pretty fun. I'm pretty lucky. Yeah. And how did you start off doing that? I'm assuming you started off with human beings, obviously. No, actually, you know, I started like what I I was talking to animals ever since I was little. Like many people do, you know, with people who really love animals and are empathetic to them. They often are speaking with them and getting information back and forth. They just don't realize it. And so I was doing that as a kid. I grew up on a horse farm with lots of animals. And I just always knew what they were thinking and feeling. I didn't realize that other people didn't. It wasn't until much later in my life into my 20s that I started to realize that that I was different. I started to animal train. And what when I was training, my instructors were saying, like, Laura, what are you doing? You're doing something differently. The animals are coming along faster with you. Like, what are you doing? And at the same time, you know, this was before the Internet. So at the same time, I started to hear about animal communication. I started to research it. And then I realized, like, wow, I, I like have been doing this. I just always knew. So like everyone gets it differently. Like some people get it in like flashes of pictures in their head, like they, or they just have a sense of knowing what their animal is thinking and feeling, or you could actually physically pick it up in your body. So let's say you have a, all of a sudden have like a toothache or something. And you're like, I wonder why my tooth is hurting all of a sudden. It might actually be your pet's tooth. And they just keep trying to tell you like, ow, my tooth hurts. And you're picking it up in your own body. It's really, so, isn't it really people, sad? I, I find that really sad that you're, you're like, at the moment I have a bit of a cold, so I have blocked ears and my ears are a bit sore. Yeah. Okay, so, I, you know, I just, yeah. I could text my wife and she'll bring me out some Sudafed and I'll, I'll take it with a drink and it might unblock mm-hmm. my ears. So we can tell the people that we love how we feel and they'll help you get through a yeah. difficult time. But with our poor animals, they can have little colds, they have a toothache or an earache mm-hmm. and they can't tell us. We just think, oh, they're acting yeah. a bit odd. You know? Yeah, exactly. But but if you ask them and you're open and you're quiet, they can tell you because you say, like, just keep sending it to me. Tell me how you feel. Just keep sending it to me. And at some point, your mind and body will process it. You might not always know that it's coming from them, like I said before. But but they have their ways. And I tell them, too, the animals to, like, over-exaggerate it. So, like, let's say you see your animals, like, a little off to say, like, hey, over-exaggerate what's going on with you so that I know And if you watch them over the next day or so, they might be poking at their stomach. They might lick their stomach. They might lick their leg. You know, they'll try and really show you. So if you start watching them and talking to them, you'll start to see that they really are communicating back. And so you're a proper Dr. Doolittle, really. (laughs) 
aren't you? <laughs> you can um, talk to the animals. <laughs> Do you remember that? The, the, the famous song. Totally. So, totally. Okay, so yeah, what advice? If somebody's at home at the moment and they want to talk to their dog yeah. or, or communicate with yeah. their dog or their cat right. or whatever it is, what advice would you give them? Well, the main thing is that you want to tell your animal what you want them to do rather than what you want them to not do, right? So, like, let's say you have a dog that barks out the window. Instead of saying, don't bark, because what happens when you say, don't bark, you're actually picturing the barking and you're feeling in your body the barking. You want to say, be quiet. And when you're looking out the window, I always say, like, the smartest animals are quiet when they're looking out the window and, mm. and, um, and, and try to find what's like, that's normal outside. And that's the normal situation. That's the same people walking by, yeah. you know, and I try and get the animals to realize like what that is. And the smartest animals pay attention. That's what I always tell them. But if you say like, don't bark and you kind of bark at them yourself, they don't really get it because there's because people know that they're like they'll say don't bark for years and their animal's still barking out the window because each time you're picturing bark and your your whole demeanor is kind of barking as well so they just get confused and they think they're doing the right thing okay but you but you as a pet psychic when when you're communicating with the dog i'll give you an example like my Mm -hmm. dog right used to when the doorbell would ring you know, Millie was her name, mm-hmm. and Millie used to come running through the house, barking her brains out, right? Run to the front door, yeah. bark at the letterbox like a maniac, right? And if there was a, if there was a letter mm-hmm. or anything put in, she'd rip it asunder. But she'd bark like mad, right? And I used to look at her and I used to go, mm-hmm. Millie, you've been here now for 10, 15 years, whatever it is. The doorbell rings. It's never for you. Why are you running to the door? So, you know what I mean? So, uh, so when you're talking to Millie or you're talking to any dog or a cat or whatever it is, do you hear a voice? Yeah. Do you hear a voice? Yeah, that's a good question. Do I use like my physical voice? It depends. Like sometimes I use my, they don't need to hear the actual voice, right? They really just need to see your pictures in your head and the feelings in your body. But I'll often use my voice so that people understand what I'm saying to them. But there's also people who say like, I can't picture, I can't create pictures or I can't create feelings. So definitely, like, use your voice and be really clear with your voice and your words, and your mind and your body will. Okay. Yeah, but do you? Yeah, but when you when when you're talking to to the dog or the cat, right? And you say, you say, okay, so the owner says to you, listen, they're acting a bit strange. Can you find out what's wrong with them? And you so you start talking to the dog or the cat. Do you hear it in your head? Do you hear a voice back from the cat or the dog? hear it in my voice but really quiet okay and, like if you hear me do it like sometimes you'll hear me whispering and i tried to stop that i can't stop it and what i'm doing is i'm saying what they're saying back to me oh um to my to myself but it's very quiet but it's i hear it in my voice um uh, they'll have different like um they'll, they'll have different uh, uh, like signatures almost like like, you know, if a dog is, like, frustrated, like, I'll feel that frustration. Or if they're sassy, they'll, the voice will sound more sassy. Yeah. If that makes, you know, or if they're, 
You were, were going to say to me if that makes sense. None of, none of it makes sense. You were going to say if that yeah. makes sense. None of it makes sense to me. Somebody, yeah. by the way, texted in and said, yeah. if, she re- if she really speaks to dogs, ask her what Lassie was saying to the ranger when Timmy fell down the well. <laughs> well, do you, I think everybody remembers <laughs> okay. that. Yeah. You, better, you better get him out. Yeah, so like, so like, like going back to your dog, right? Like you were saying, like he's never for you, but it doesn't sound like you were telling your dog what you wanted her to do instead. Yeah, right. Like stop so doing like it. That, that's yeah. what missed you. Yeah, but stop. But even stop leaves her hanging because she's got all that energy and she's being propelled forward. And you say stop, and then she's like, "Now what do I do?" <laughs> so like, come to me. Like I want you to come to me when someone comes to the door. Like that gives her something she can actually do then. Okay. Right? Because then yeah. she comes to you and she can pay attention to you and you can praise her. Okay. So as well as being kind of like a pet psychic, you're also kind of an animal behaviorist as well. So you kind of understand their behavior probably well, better than most. That's true. And that's my background. Yeah. Like I have the animal behavior background. For okay. Sure. So I, people do call me for behavior problems. You know the line, it, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, right? You've, I'm sure you've heard that mm-hmm. line. I don't yeah, believe it's true. Because my son yeah. adopted a dog that was about 10 years old and the dog he adopted lived with an old woman who had passed away, but the dog had become very vicious um, and would bite anybody who went near it. My son decided to take the dog, mm-hmm. he adopted the dog, and the dog is a joy now. For the first few months, I was terrified mm-hmm. of it, terrified of it, right? But the dog is now oh. a joy and uh, so happy. So oh. this idea that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. So when you have a dog and people often say, oh, the dog is vicious, I have to get it put asleep. You know, that's that's kind of giving in, isn't it? I mean, you can teach the, you can change yeah. a dog, can't you? Of course, of course, anyone can change, yeah, mm-hmm. of course. But but going back to that same sort of thing I've been saying is that you really want to give the dog what you want them to do and that new possibility, right? So like your son and your family were probably like explaining to the dog and kind of sharing the dog about what its life could be once it's loved. You know, and if there's another dog around it, that dog can communicate to the dog too about what that dog, what that lifestyle looks like, right? So you have this rescue dog. You want to tell them like, this is what we want to do. We want to go to parks. And we, your only job is to be happy and to listen to us and be healthy and and to work through what that those old memories that come up. And it's normal if old memories come up, and you just let them go by and think about the fun things and you guys are all probably just doing that naturally, not even realizing that you're commuting, communicating that to the dog, right? Because in another home, if a, if somebody didn't have that possibility in their mind or in their thought process, that dog might not have thrived like it does with your family. Mm. Does that make sense? I do. And there's, by the way, there's loads of questions coming in here. Now, I don't know if you could even answer this. Okay, this one, I'm going to have to give you the context, though. In Kerry, which is okay. off the coast, the bottom coast of Ireland, um, on the bottom kind of southeastern or southwesterly coast, um, there was a dolphin. Now, you have to remember, Ireland doesn't have many dolphins uh, because of the water temperature, mm. so we don't have many dolphins. But there was one dolphin, and his name was Fungi, mm. okay? And Fungi mm. was there for years, and, and what Fungi was quite famous for was they used to, disabled children would go out, or children with intellectual disabilities would go out, and swim with oh, fungi, wow. and swim with fungi, because fungi was such a friendly dolphin. So the fishermen would bring people mm. out, and they and fungi would automatically know when he would come in, and and he'd swim with people, and all sorts of things. He was very famous, very loved. Oh, 
But he went missing. He went missing a couple of years ago, and nobody's seen him since. Now there is suggestions by some oceanographers that he could have gone back because he's a bit older, or she, or he could have gone back to warmer warmer waters or whatever. I don't know, but he's been here for years, so there's no reason why that would happen. He would have been used to the water. So, would you know? Like, if somebody said to you or hired you to find out where Fungi was, would you be able to find out? Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't typically work with lost animals, but I don't think that's actually a lost animal case because we could just kind of ask him, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. I might be able to. Yeah, I would like to see a picture of him because if I had a picture of him, I could get, that's sort of like my um, phone number for them. Okay. Well, if, have you got a laptop there in front of you or a computer in front of you? Uh, I do. Like okay. I have my phone. Okay, well then we get a picture of him really easy. If you just type in F-U-N-G-I-E, fungi, and type in... Fungi? Yeah, and then the put... Dolphin. And then put the word Kerry in after it. K-E-R-R-Y. And you'll see fungi. Uh... Is he coming oh, up? Oh, yeah, so cute. Yeah. Okay, so that's Fungi, and Fungi was famous. I mean, tourists used to come and see Fungi, and because, again, I have to remind you, we don't get many dolphins in Ireland. It's because of the temperature and the climate. But it looks like he, he was so friendly. Yeah. Like, was, he somebody's, did, was he somebody's dolphin to begin with? Like, did no. buy him on, like, the no, no, trade? No, and no, no. Like... No, he just appeared going back, you know, a decade or two ago. He just appeared. And then he just became, the, the yeah. locals fed him and the fishermen fed him. And then he just became a bit of a tourist attraction. And people used to go swim with him and oh. all sorts of things. And then he just vanished one day. Gone. Wow. Okay, I get, there's actually a good picture. CNN has a good picture of him on there. Mm. Uh, he's big, too. Yeah. Oh, he is a big he's dolphin, a big yeah. Guy. Yeah, he is. He is a big guy. He's a male, I'm looking here, he's a male common bottlenose dolphin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me see if I can get him. So I'm going to take, take a little, little, okay, okay, give me a second. Okay, 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 I'm curious now. Let's see what happens to Fungi. Mm. Oh, God. I hope she gets a bit of information now on Fungi. Thank you for texting that in, Texter, because I forgot all about Fungi the Delphine. Yeah. Oh, somebody says, by the way, Fungi was there for 35, was it 35 years? I don't get that he's alive anymore. Oh, God. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, somebody just texted and said he was there for 35 years. I didn't realize it was that long, 35 years. I don't know how long dolphins live, by the way. Well, it's weird that they didn't find his body because he said that he went to one of his favorite coves to pass away, and he showed me, like, the the rocks. Okay. So he kind of made a conscious decision, maybe feeling unwell, that he needed to go and die in peace. I can hear her whispering. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, like that, that's me whispering. So he says that he, his spirit is still there. And he says that some people feel like they still see him there. Is that true? Um, I, I did hear some people mention that, all right. Yeah, but some people... There have been people who've said they've spotted him, but I don't know whether they have or not, you know, because it would be unusual to see a dolphin off the coast of Ireland. So I don't know whether they have spotted him. Yeah, he's saying that sometimes he shows his spirit there. So it's not really him. Like, it's not him in body. 
And does it say where he went to die? Didn't he didn't mention the name of the cove or he doesn't yeah. have I don't think I would know it, but but I did see like the three lights. The full I think it's so are there that that area where he was, are there is there like a lighthouse? He's saying three lights. He saw three lights from his cove. Okay. You know where that would be? I'm not completely familiar with the area, but some of my listeners who live in Kerry, we have a big audience down in Kerry. Some of my listeners who live in that yeah. direction, yeah, they might they might know in Texan. So three lights. So maybe three lighthouses three or three lights of some description somewhere there. I thought that three lights were out in the water though. Oh, okay. So that's possibly three lighthouses. Think- yeah. There would be a lot of lighthouses in Ireland. Uh, because of course, are there are they li- are they lighthouses that close together? Oh, th- well, there would be, yeah, because there's a lot in that particular area as well. Because you know, obviously, because we're kind of the, the next stop is America, so to speak. So we obviously have to keep keep an eye on all the traffic coming from America to Europe. So there would be a lot of lighthouses in that area because it would all pass by that part of the country mm-hmm. or stop off. Uh, okay, but now, all right. Okay, so here, the is it near what? Sorry, my producer's at. Is it okay? Does it seem like did you see any houses or anything near that cove? Was it near a populated area or would it be kind of quite well? No, it looks like if it's see, it looks like it's steep above him, okay. like the like the cove, and then there's it's like rocks, but the the rocks look high. Oh, okay, All so right. it doesn't look like it's a beach, it doesn't look like it's a beach, you know. Okay, now I'm going to ask you one more question. So we've got fungi out of the way, right? And people are now texting in loads of questions about different animals, famous animals. Oh my God, I love fungi. Okay, so there was a very famous racehorse in Ireland that went missing many, many years ago. (laughs) Okay. You're making me me do missing ones. I don't usually do lost animals. Okay, so... Uh, on February in February 1983, I think it was, it went missing. But it was extremely famous. It won the Grand National. The Grand National is one of the biggest races in Europe, probably in the world, actually. And it was a very famous racehorse, and it was worth millions. But it was very affectionately loved in this country because of how popular the horse was. And people are texting in asking, would you know? Now, there was numerous theories that the horse was kidnapped, you know, by terrorist organizations and sold to Arabs and all sorts of things. Oh, my God. Oh, I know, yeah, it's a bizarre story. But the horse just vanished, completely vanished. So the name of the horse is Shergar. So it's S-H-E-R-G-A-R. It should come up pretty instantaneously because it's a very famous horse. Yeah. Oh, I see them. Yeah. And, and it went missing. Um, and there's loads of theories about who kidnapped it. Was it stolen? Because it, the owner has no idea what happened to it, allegedly. Mm. It was a very successful okay. horse. Yeah. So, mm. Okay, let me see. I got a photo from... Oh my gosh, you guys are so funny. <laughs> I, I, had, I had no plans to make you do, do these things, by the way, can I just say? <laughs> I know, and I don't usually do lost animals, but it's kind of fun, okay. Uh, go on. So, okay, hold on. Okay, hold well, on. Now, I, I'm, I'm almost 100% sure the horse would be dead at this stage. I mean, because it was back in the 1980s, but it would be great if we could get some inkling from beyond the grave, maybe, as to where it went. 
Oh, because it was young. Oh, they sang it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's their sire. They're saying yeah, okay, yeah. okay, here, hold on. Oh, hold on. Yeah, it was stolen in uh, from the stud in 1983. Now, there was a ransom, I think, at one a stage of two million was demanded or something like that. Or so I think there was a ransom by the thieves or something, allegedly. We don't know if that's true or not. But. What? Who did? He worked with you all the time? Yes. Yeah. And he does regular makeup and I like live in old. You live in old. So mm. he'd definitely be passed away now. Oh definitely. But yeah. uh yeah, yeah. Uh he said that he was taken to another country by the little guy, which probably would be his jockey. Oh, say? oh the jockey. God, okay. He says the little guy took me to another country. So some some jockey. And he showed me the, yeah, and I see a number on the jockey. Oh, okay. What's the number on the jockey? I can hear Shargar whisper. He said he, he, left, he, said he left at nighttime. It wasn't. Oh, <laughs> he said that. Um, he said that he was taken to another country, and then he had lots of girlfriends. Oh, so use so, so use like for it, breathing. Yes, use for breathing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That would, that, would, that would make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? It would, but I kind of interesting because I'm I'm kind of if if someone was using him for breeding like that, I wonder if there was like a you think that would have come out though if there was like some black market for like his stud services or something. <laughs> well, I would imagine his stud services were quite expensive uh, because he was such a famous and yeah. successful racehorse. Yeah, so you reckon he went to another country by a jockey? We don't know what jockey, but a jockey. But I think it's the jockey, and I think it's his jockey because he said... Oh, I think he's had a few jockeys. He rode him often. I, I think he had a few he jockeys. He rode him often. Oh, okay. All right, okay. Well, look, it's, it's been a really interesting conversation. <laughs> it's been a bit wacky, <laughs> but it's been really interesting. I've got one more question. Yeah, Sorry, my producer has one more question for you. Me too. Okay. Will... Okay, okay, so so what we're asking is we've we've had a question come in that the locals in Kerry are very interested in obviously what you have to say about fungi. So and the local newspapers down there as well. So they oh want to know they goodness. want to know, would you be interested in doing a little bit of work with them, you know, in relation to maybe finding out for sure what happened to fungi? Sure. But like I said, lost animals are not my specialty, but I can definitely, like, try. Like, yeah, not? well, no harm in trying. No harm in trying. But look, yeah. it's been a very interesting conversation. You've got some books out. Uh, your books are Voices I of the do. Animals, a collection of insightful mm-hmm. articles and stories that will change the way you view and treat animals and stormy words of wisdom, which is an enlightened dog's That's profound right. insights of life. 
And if people want to go online or you want to go to Amazon, you want to find the books, it's Laura Stinchfield and it's Laura S-T-I-N-C-H-F-I-E-L-D. And where else can they pick you up, Laura, if they want to find you? Thepetpsychic.com and then you can find me on Instagram and Facebook and mm-hmm. all over the web, YouTube. Yeah, yeah, just Google my name and The Pet Psychic, Laura and The Pet Psychic and I'll come up. Okay, petpsychic.com. Yeah. Laura Stinchfield, it's been lovely talking to you. Yeah. My producer will uh, will nice give you, a, you she'll give you a call at some point and we'll we'll get in touch with you about that story about uh, the Kerry story because I think they'd be very interested. All right. Okay, beautiful. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It was fun. I felt like I was a little kid. Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio.